going on everybody good morning good morning welcome to the nfl tournament strategy show presented by no house advantage i'm not greg ehrenberg i'm eric lindquist i'm going to be filling in this week for greg trying to do the best i can to pick up the slack you know uh, again the man he deserves a well he has a well-earned saturday off that is something that Greg Ehrenberg deserves, no doubt about it. So I uh, hope he's enjoying his day. He's probably not listening to us, but you are if you are here in the chat. So hit that like button, subscribe button, notification bell, because you want to know when all the content here at Osmo is going live. But you don't want to hear me talk too much. I want to hear this guy talk quite a bit. Neil Orfield, fellow Minnesotan. I, I always associate myself, even though I'm from South Dakota, as a Minnesotan. Neil over there on the Twitter sphere, a player Q DFS, correct? Is that where we're correct. at? That is Look correct. at that. Look at that. I can read. It's amazing. Neil, how are you doing this morning, my guy? I'm doing well. I'm excited to have you back. Um, you know, I love doing shows with Greg, but he never sings to me before the shows. So that's something that I only get with Eric. Uh, really excited to have Eric back. And Eric just informed me that he's planning on spending all of the cash that he got for his wedding this weekend on this slate. So hopefully we get this right. You're already trolling me. I love it. Uh, I, we have good rapport. I think that that's something that we have in the world. But yes, I was thinking Kiss the Rain, which is a song I probably haven't heard in 15, 20 years. I don't know why it came into my brain, but you know, we don't ask those questions when it comes to me because that is a losing proposition, but we are here to win. We are here for winning propositions. So let's just get into it because this slate for a 10 gamer is so fascinating. Again, I, I, we were talking a little bit about the show. You said you're very, very excited. I'm just your initial thoughts as we're looking at tournaments, because this is the tournament strategy show. What do you like so much about this slate coming up on Sunday? Oh, I, I just like that it's a 10-game slate, so it's easier to break down. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm no more excited than I, than I usually am. I'm not super confident. I was super confident. I actually felt really good last weekend, and it didn't go that well for the most part. There were, I was really excited to play the, uh, the Browns against the Lions, and they just, I mean, Baker Mayfield is off. He's, something's off with him. They were terrible. So, Doesn't uh, he have a million can, injuries? Yeah, he does have, and that was something that I didn't realize when I like got excited about him. I didn't realize that he had more than just the torn labrum. He has a bunch of different ailments uh, and then the weather was not great so it didn't didn't really go my way but um so i'm excited to wash that taste out of my mouth i guess okay well let's get you some mouthwash crest it's delicious or listerine i kind of prefer that do you have a preferred mouthwash because that's what people want to hear us talk about right now i know that i do have a preferred mouthwash i couldn't tell you which one it is i just when i see it i know it and then i use it Cool story, bro, by us. All right, quarterbacks. That's where we start. You guys go position by position on this show. And, you know, I, I think looking at DraftKings and, and FanDuel, that's primarily where we're going to be spending our time today. So, again, we love a lot of other sites here, but this is NHA, and we are talking some DK and FanDuel here for them. But the quarterback position, I know Cam Newton was a guy. I caught maybe like five minutes of your show from last week. Cam Newton was somebody that you had talked about quite a bit. Uh, if I do recall correctly, but looking at the top of the ownership that we have going right now, Justin Herbert, my boy, I mean, I know that we're both Viking fans and skull. Let's go. We need this one Sunday. Justin Herbert sitting at the top alongside Tom Brady. I love this slate. I, I think the fun thing for tournaments is you have the one game that's a 53 and a half total. You have nothing else that's remotely close. You have 49 and that's Minnesota and San Francisco, which I still don't know what I want to do with. So I guess we should start with the Justin Herbert, Tom Brady talk. Do you have kind of a preference between those two at the top end of the ownership on DK? Yeah, I think I prefer Tom Brady. Um, so he actually, he doesn't look great in the boom bust tool, 9.4% projected ownership, 5.7% boom probability, 5.2% optimal lineup probability. And that's something that I look up, look at a lot uh, for most of my plays. But in this case, Tom Brady has a 16% 
top stack odds. Uh, so that's really good relative to his 9.4% projected ownership. He's playing against the Colts. The Colts have a great uh, rush defense, but not a great pass defense. So I imagine they'll be throwing the ball a lot. And he's Tom Brady. He's going to throw the ball a lot anyway. Um, so I just like Tom Brady. And I like that he has pretty clear cut stacking options. So I think my preference there is for Tom Brady. But, you know, I like them both to some extent. Uh, Justin Herbert, kind of a neutral play in all of the tools. 9.8% projected ownership, 8% boom probability, 8.9% optimal line of probability, but then a 9.7% top stack odds. Um, and that's something that, so now I'm, I'm using uh, top stack odds a little bit more this week. After listening to Alex yesterday on the On the Contrary show, um, he was making the point that uh, one of his fades this week is going to be some of the rushing quarterbacks, because even though they look great in the boom bust probabilities, it's hard to know who to pair them with or like mm -hmm. th those stacks don't come to you as clearly and you kind of need that correlation. So I'm factoring in top stack odds a little bit more this week. Um, and, and that leads me to more Tom Brady. It's the Jalen Hurts conundrum because he's just one piece of the puzzle. That's that's the way that I think about it. When it comes to stacking up a quarterback, I like when you have somebody, Devonta Smith, one of the guys in the boom bust tool who's absolutely at the stone cold worst end of the end. Uh, now that he's up to 6,400, that price is continuing to increase. And 20 isn't going to necessarily get it done for you at 6K, whereas when he was down mid fours, mid fives, you could still find a path there to, to stack him up with Jalen Hurts and get there. But uh, when you get Jalen Hurts or a rushing quarterback, that's just one piece of the puzzle. When you play a guy like Tom Brady, if you're going to win a tournament, you're probably already getting the other two alongside it, whether that's Gronk, who's cheap on DK, whether that's Godwin, who has such a large target share here lately. He's been uh, just a, a lot more targets than Mike Evans in the last couple. So yeah, you're able to kind of combine three pieces of the puzzle together rather than just one. So I love that take. For me, I've always kind of focused more, even with rushing quarterbacks, whether it's a Cam Newton, I'll still try to find ways to pair him or force some kind of a stack because playing a guy naked is just so hard to get everything else perfect. I, I think that that's probably the easiest way to explain it, but no surprise. I like Tom Brady a lot too. I think that it makes a lot of sense to stack up the 53 and a half total game. Uh, why the heck not? Especially when the guy is, have you looked at PFS graded quarterbacks this season? I have not. Okay, check this out. Number one, Tom Brady. Okay, that's making a lot of sense. Number two, Kirk Cousins. Number three, Justin Herbert. Number four, Mac Jones. That's through 11 weeks of football. Holy mother of God. Wow, that's wild. And I got the dog bark. I mean, yeah, it's like a little bit of my wet dream. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, I'm kind of a stand for both those guys. And Tom Brady is just Tom Brady. So, and, and Matt Jones just kind of elevating his play. Uh, New England, they're a problem. And we're going to talk about them here a little bit too. But Tyrod Taylor, another guy who's gaining a ton of traction. This Houston Jets game is a very fascinating one, mainly because you talk about runbacks. I don't even know how do I want to run anything back there, but for sure, the Brandon Cooks, and and Tyrod Taylor stack is going to be something that is utilized quite a bit. Only a 23 and a half total here for for them right now. But what is your interest level in Tyrod Taylor this week? Yeah, I have some interest. So that he's a play that in past weeks, I probably would have gone well over the field. Um, but like I was saying, I'm, I'm using the top stack tool a little bit more to factor in my decisions. But you can stack them up with Brandon Cooks. And I usually do love these kind of games where it's just like, two bad defenses 
uh, two teams that nobody really gets excited about. Like people don't look at that game and say, I want to play Texans and Jets players. Uh, but those are those are situations that I really love. I love to take advantage of those spots where it's two bad defenses, two kind of underwhelming offenses as well. You don't really know what's going to happen. If the defense are going to win out, the offense are going to win out. But I like to sprinkle those plays throughout my lineups. So I have some interest for sure. I'm going to be playing some Tyrod Taylor at 5,300. He's got an 8.6% projected ownership, but a 13% boom probability. 10% optimal lineup probability. You love those relative to his ownership. The 5.4% top stack odds, you don't love as much, um, but he's pretty. it's pretty clear that you can pair him with Brandon Cooks. Um, I don't mind the runbacks. I think uh, that the running backs for the Jets look okay. The, some of the wide receivers look okay too. So I imagine I'll be getting to a fair amount of that game actually. And Cam Newton did not disappoint you last week in his debut as the starter in Carolina for stint number two, should I say. 26.16 over on DK, 10 rushing attempts. He has a rushing touchdown now in his first two games as a Panther. I find it hard to get away from him as a cash quarterback at 5,600. I think I prefer him a little bit over Tyrod Taylor, and I probably prefer Tyrod Taylor for tournaments simply because of what we were talking about where I like his stack, and it's a little bit more clear-cut to me rather than trying to force, what, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey is the main guys that you're looking at putting Cam Newton with. What do you kind of look at for Cam Newton's prospects this week, knowing that you were on him last week, too? Yeah, I mean, I like him again. His price came up a little bit. He's playing against the Dolphins. Uh, 7.7% projected ownership. The ownership didn't come up to really you know, get to a point that really accounted for how well he has done uh, the past couple of weeks. You know, I don't, I don't want to smash him into all my lineups, but at 7.7% projected ownership, 12.1% boom probability, 9.2% optimal lineup probability. Again, this is one of these kind of cheaper rushing quarterbacks who looks great in the boom bust tool. So I'm definitely going to get to some, but he has only a 3.1% top stack odds uh, that, you know, I don't, I don't love that. Um, so I'm probably going to be right around the field, maybe slightly over the field at 7.7% projected ownership, just because, um, you know, Cam Newton can do it with his legs a little bit. Um, he's got some, I, I like McCaffrey and DJ Moore. I'm not afraid to pair Cam Newton only with McCaffrey. Um, I don't love that there's only a 42 total in this game. That kind of scares me a little bit, but because he does some of it with his legs, he can still get there. So yeah, I, I have some interest in Cam Newton. How about All him? right. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I think last week it, it set up really, really well to roster him. I liked a lot of the mid-range quarterbacks. I mean, I, I thought that it was pretty clear cut that you were going to get some leverage going that direction in the top stacks tool. And this week, I mean, you're you're talking leverage. There's there's one team in the Rams that just has a ridiculous amount. And then you have Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and we'll get to a team that I want to talk about next because, you know, that 49 total, San Francisco, Minnesota, I have no idea how to do this, but the top stack tool is telling me to figure out how to do something in that game. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think Cam Newton is still a good play here this week, but I think people probably feel a little bit more comfortable than they did last week. I'm seeing him popping around the industry. We have him currently projected on DK, 7.7% ownership. Something tells me it might be a little bit higher. Um, and I, I know that it's just kind of one of those things where if he ends up around 10%, you know, I, there's some other leverage. There's so many other spots that I would rather go. I mean, Justin Herbert is somebody that I'm normally on as well. I'm a little bit lower. I mean, a 24, uh, what is it? Uh, just under a 25 point total there in that game. Those are two kind of confusing things to me when they're going to be super chalky. And, you know, I know Herbert's down to 6,600. So that's why he's popping in a certain way. But for me, I'm just trying to capture all the upside I can. And I think that there's some unexpressed upside in other spots. So maybe a little bit um, more clear cut for me where I'm going to play Cam and Cash 
And I'm just going to try to get away from them a little bit more in tournaments simply because I think there's clearer stacks in other places. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. And now we're going to talk about the guy that I, I don't want to like him. I, I hope you can tell me that I shouldn't like him because I know we're cheering for the same thing as actual football fans, but Jimmy Garoppolo this week, I think he's going to be one of my highest owned quarterbacks in tournaments. What do you think about him considering the top stacks tool is in love with this guy? 7.9% top stack potential for San Francisco. That's fourth on the board out of 20 total teams, 2.9% leverage here. And you have so many great options to run back from Minnesota. I mean, Cook, Thielen, Jefferson all got there against Green Bay in a meaningful way. And, you know, if one guy pops, yeah, you can talk about it kind of being interchangeable, but I just keep playing Justin Jefferson and I'm pretty happy in tournaments that direction as a run back. How do you kind of see uh, Jimmy Garoppolo performing in this spot? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's one of the highest. Is it the second highest total? Second highest total on the board, 49. He's got 5% projected ownership. They're expected to win the game. Um, 7.9% top stacks probability. His his boom bust tool, you know, he looks fine. He's kind of a neutral play in the boom bust tool. 4.9% boom probability, 5.5% optimal lineup probability relative to that 5% projected ownership. That's fine. But then the, yeah, the, the top stack odds of 7.9%. And that's, I mean, the top stack odds, it's usually... Uh, raised by how good the receiving options are and how concentrated the offense is. And in this case, it's pretty concentrated. Debo Samuel looks great in our tools. Uh, George Kittle looks really solid. Um, So you kind of know who you want to pair him with. 5.0% projected ownership. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to like Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not sure how much over the field I'm going to be. I'm not sure that he's going to be one of my highest owned players um, like he is for you, but I'm definitely going to be getting to over the 5% projected ownership. Okay, that's probably the right way of saying it. I mean, he'll probably be third on the board, which is not something I anticipated when I started researching this slate yesterday, coming off of the Thanksgiving slate, off of being just lazy for two weeks. How about that? Um, Felt good. Not even going to lie to you. Felt good. By the way, you have a piano and a guitar over there. What are the go-to songs for Neil Orfield when he's tickling the ivories? Does that mean that my... my, uh, Oh, yeah, my... uh... My blur isn't on. Usually I have my camera blurred. Yeah, um, I can I'm, see things. I see I, what's I, up. And then, I mean, I've got my I've got my piano right there in the corner, too. So this is more um, just like I need to know what we're going to what we're going to play when we have like an awesome meet and greet. So I'm going to disappoint you here. I'm yeah. in my wife's office. I don't really get uh, internet into my office. I, I get good enough internet for everything except for streaming <laughs> out. So I am in my <laughs> wife's office. Um, I did. I did formerly have my own guitar and piano. And I could play like, ooh, what could I play? Uh, I could play Blackbird, okay, Beautiful. on the guitar. That was like the only song mm-hmm. that I knew how to play. And then on the piano, man, I can't. Uh, Brick by Ben Folds, by Ben Folds Five. I could play parts of Brick. That was that was the the song that I learned to play a little bit of. Ben uh, but, Folds Five and Ben Folds himself is like a top three artist for me of all time. Yeah, Which should piano. make sense because it's crazy frenetic piano and a guy who's just absolutely insane and high energy all the time. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I love Ben Folds. Brick is so good. Oh, she's a brick. I don't want to get us a band here. That's probably four shows in a row that I've now like tried to sing. It's not the going overlords well are listening me. and they're not loving you stealing that music. 
No Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, my God. Uh, we've got Tyler Zander behind the virtual glass, just keeping us entertained every single day here. But let's finish out quarterbacks here because I'm sure there's got to be a couple of uh, – I wanted to say diaper dandies. That's definitely Dick Vitale talking about rookies. But uh, how about some some bargain savers down here on the bottom end for – it was Black Friday. we got Cyber Monday coming up here. Hit that like button, too, so we can make sure we get Cyber Monday deals going. But who are some of the other – really low owned quarterbacks that you're looking at rostering this week. Well, that, that Packers Rams game, both quarterbacks look great in terms of top stack probabilities. Matthew Stafford, we have project for 1.5% ownership, but an 11.9% top stack probability. Um, he just pairs so well with Cooper cup. Um, and you can, you can also pair him with Odell Beckham jr. You can pair him with Van Jefferson. So Matthew Stafford looks really good in a really close game too. It could be a shootout. Um, wouldn't shock me. And then Aaron Rodgers also looks solid. Hate to say it, uh, 2.2% projected ownership, but 5.8% top stack odds. That's pretty solid. Although he doesn't look great in the boom bust tool. So, um, it's kind of reliant on Devonta Adams also kind of going off. So th- those guys both look okay. Um, I have some interest there. Um, I have a lot of interest in kind of the mid-range guys. In, in addition to the ones that we've already talked about, I have some interest in Daniel Jones. I mean, new coach. We don't really know what's going to happen there. Expected to be a close game with the Eagles. Um, he's only projected for a 6.3% ownership, but an 8.6% boom probability, 6.6% optimal lineup probability. And his options, who he's throwing to, are kind of condensed this week because Kadarius Tony's probably going to be out. Sterling Shepard's probably going to be out. Maybe we're going to see our first Kenny Galladay week. Um, oh, Evan boy. Ingram, yeah. I, you don't love his, his passing options. Oh, boy. Um, but they're, they're at least condensed this week. So I have some interest there. Um, I have a lot of interest in the Falcons-Jaguars game. Yeah. I'm going to be going to both of the quarters. So, so Matt Ryan looks phenomenal in the tools. So Matt Ryan is probably the one that you should be playing at 5,500 against the Jaguars. Um, projected for 4.6% ownership. That's pretty nuts to me. With a 13.8% boom probability, 11.9% optimal lineup probability, 5.4% top stack odds. All of those are positive relative to his projected ownership. So you have to love Matt Ryan. Um, I'm also going to throw out there that I have some interest in Trevor Lawrence, just as a rookie quarterback who he has the talent. Um, if he's going to do it against anybody, his rookie year, it could be against the Falcons uh, 5,400 only projected for 4.6% projected ownership. He doesn't look as great in the tools. He doesn't look great in the tools at all. He's kind of more of a gut play for me. Um, he's only got a 4.7% boom probability, 5.1% optimal lineup probability, and only a 1.9% top stack odds. So none of that looks great, but, he is a quarterback who I think has the talent. He's probably going to get there somewhere. You love that he's playing against the Falcons. He adds a little bit with his legs. So I can't help it. I have some interest in Trevor Lawrence. The only the only real issue for me with Trevor Lawrence is I don't really know who to pair him with. Do I want to pair him with I mean, they, they're talking about up now. They're, they're saying they want to get him the, the ball a little bit more. Are you serious when you say LaVisca Chenault or are you uh, trolling all the people who loved him and now he's been terrible all year? I'm trolling myself. I mean, he's one of my higher own best ball dudes. So, I mean, if I'm making fun of anybody, I'm making fun of myself in August, just clicking LaVisca Chenault's name over and 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 over. That was fun. See, I enjoyed doing that too. Um, I, I think you have to be playing a little bit of, of LaVisca Chenault this week against Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta has been outscored 68 to three the last two weeks. I'm just throwing it out there. They're not very good at football. 
Matt Ryan, uh, one of the more frustrating guys here as well. Um, when I have as much Kyle Pitts, I, I now have uh, Cordero Patterson, who hopefully will be out there this week. Somebody that was popping a little bit in our projections. I was running some some early stuff here yesterday, today, and, and he was somebody that was just getting to an irrational amount against Jacksonville. And I know James Robinson, another guy we'll be talking about here in a second on the other side of that. For me, that's really what it is, is I think James Robinson is going to be a very popular running back. And what's the best way to get leverage? Well, you play that stack and hope that you can get um, some 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 lever. Or, well, what am I trying to say? So it's just a complete pivot that you're getting to uh, going yep. to Trevor Lawrence, going to LaVisca Chenault, going to, you know, God forbid, Marvin Jones, Dan Arnold. But um, LaVisca Chenault, they're talking about. And I just got to believe that he's a dynamic enough playmaker. You get the ball in his hands against Atlanta. Good things could happen. So I think I'll probably be with you as well there. Uh, more individual ownership towards LaVisca, but I will have a little bit of Trevor Lawrence as well. And the last guy that I, I want to throw out there because, I mean, he's just consistently getting it done. Tennessee, they're just, I, they're going to be the hardest team for me to figure out. We're going to talk about Hilliard next segment, but um, I really like on the other side of that, Mac Jones. I already said he's number four in PFF's grading. And yeah, they have two running backs there that have been phenomenal. Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, they're both questionable. You take both of them off the field and you put Bolden on there quite a bit. It could be one of those spots where Mac Jones has to go out and win a football game. What do you think about Mac Jones pending the running back news? Yeah, that's really interesting because Brandon Bolden's also kind of a receiving back. Um, yeah, so I, I have not been very high on Mac Jones, but I suppose if that running back news comes out that they're both out, he could become a little bit more interesting. They are expected to put up over, I mean, 255 uh, implied total. So they're expected to put up some points. He's only projected for 2.5% ownership at 5,400 with a 4.8% boom probability, 3.9% optimal lineup probability. Um, those are pretty solid numbers as is. I wonder if they'll go up even more uh, if the running backs are both ruled out. 1.9% top stack odds. Um, you don't love that, that, but you know, he has, he has three receivers who all are playable in my opinion. I mean, J Jacoby Myers is obviously your favorite. Um, he looks, he looks good every week in our tools, pretty much. Um, and then you've got uh, Kendrick Bourne looks okay. And I think Nelson Aguilar also pops a little bit this week, has, has some positive leverage. So, yeah, he's got some good receiving options. He's been a great quarterback this year. So I don't, I don't hate that play. Yeah, that's, that's kind of something I've got my eye on. I don't think people react. Uh, similar way to the NBA, people don't always react to the position that isn't necessarily the most correlated to the replacement. Like, you know, getting somebody like Mason Plumley ruled out yesterday, that bodes well for Gordon Hayward in the same way that it would bode well for uh, PJ Washington. We're looking at a spot here where Mac Jones, you just have to kind of change what that game plan is going to be because you get Ramadre Stevenson and, and, and Harris out of there who have been performing so well and make it so easy for them to just ground the game quite a bit and make it easier on Mac Jones uh, and let him play within it. If he has to go out and win a football game, they're at home. And I just think that there could be some unexpressed upside there. Bolden, I would expect to become the lead back there becomes a clear uh, a stack option as well. And then, as you said, decent enough stacking options that exist there. You've got Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith that are both questionable coming into this game. So um, I, I think you're going to have a pretty clear cut path to playing some Mac Jones and he's under 2%. That's really the most appealing part of the entire thing. If you were to get steamed up to five, 6%, maybe not nearly as much, but I really do like him as a really low an option. Anything else from quarterback for you before we move on? Uh, some interest in Tua, just at 2.9% ownership. Mm -hmm. he, looks, he looks good in the boom-bust tool. Um, we touched on Tyrod Taylor a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that we have pretty much covered anybody that I had significant interest in. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're good. 
let's jump ourselves on over to some running back here. But first, just hit like, hit subscribe. Do all of those things that help us out here at Awesome O. You know, we've got uh, so many free tools, so many free shows, so many other things. And hitting that like button takes care of a lot of it for us. But if you want to jump in and get that weekly pass, it's $29.95 right now for that weekly pass. Player projections, ownership projections, premium Discord, lineup builder, uh, you know, the boom bust tool that we're referring to constantly, the top stacks tool, which is the most important part for me of going through my process for the NFL every single week for tournaments. And right now, use NFL Strategy Show, all caps, one word, NFL Strategy Show for 25% off your first week of Osmo Plus Platinum. Yeah, just stop guessing, start winning, and activate that now. Let's jump over to the running back position here. That's what a lot of people need to have figured out here. Christian McCaffrey at the top of the ownership. And we were talking about him a little bit before the show started. I just want to get your first impressions on him and Jonathan Taylor sitting there at 9K and 9,100. How do you feel about both of them? Obviously, they're great plays, but uh, considering they're expensive as all hell, uh, how do you plan on utilizing them this week? Yeah, I mean, I'll have some of both. So so Taylor actually surprises me how good he looks this week um, with his ownership coming up to 15.3% owned against the Buccaneers defense. That's pretty good against the run, but he's still got a 14.6% boom probability, 18.8% optimal lineup probability. So I have a lot of interest in Jonathan Taylor against the Bucs. Um, I'm probably not going to be coming up over the field on him, even though, you know, he has a slight positive leverage score. Um, I just, I think there are other options that I'm probably going to get to a little bit more. I'm probably going a little bit cheaper, but Caffrey does not look great in the tools, um, but he does have a high floor and obviously he's Christian McCaffrey has a pretty high ceiling as well. So he's got 19.1% projected ownership. That's pretty high. Uh, 11.7% boom probability, 10.8% optimal lineup probability. So you don't love those numbers, but he can get it done so many different ways. It's hard for me to really go too far under the field on Christian McCaffrey. I'd imagine I'm still uh, going to be getting closer to that projected ownership of 19.1% just because, you know, he can do it so many different ways. Um, I, I really like McCaffrey, despite the, the kind of negative leverage that we have in the boom bust tool. I just think that he's such a dynamic back. As long as he can stay on the field, he can always get there. So hard, hard to fade McCaffrey. I'm probably not going to be over the field, but I'm not going to be too far under the field either. Yeah, our projections just don't like him nearly as much as I think the uh, he's going to be the most popular back, I think, on this entire slate. You're getting $100 savings in a better spot than you have for Jonathan Taylor, as you kind of referred to up against the Buccaneers. It's a volume thing right now. Naheem Hines got paid some money and, you know, that kind of deterred me from playing some Jonathan Taylor in some spots where I probably should have been playing some Jonathan Taylor, but 18.8% uh, optimal for Jonathan Taylor, 10.8% for Christian McCaffrey. That's so surprising to me. You just kind of have to take some of the personal bias out of it here. Uh, McCaffrey is going to be a stand that I'm probably, um, you know, somebody that I'm, I'm in love with for tournaments and I'm probably not going to have in my cash. It's such an opposite week for that because you would normally want to play the guy who's higher owned in cash. I just, I have concerns, I think, on both of them. Um, so yeah, maybe being lighter is, is the right approach for it. But God, there's no denying that Jonathan Taylor has been exceptional. And Christian McCaffrey, he's been out for a long enough time where he's just getting the wheels going here again. Next up, we've got AJ Dillon. That's obviously pending Aaron Jones here. Somebody that uh, will be very, very popular once again at 5,900. He was very popular last week. But James Robinson, the dude that I really want to get your opinion on because 21.3% optimal percentage that exists for him in the boom bust tool. That's right behind Miles Sanders. Those two guys are just popping up in every single lineup, it seems like for me. How do you feel about James Robinson this week? 
Yeah, I mean, I love both both of those guys that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, they look so great in the tools. Hard not to love them. Uh, James Robinson coming in at 14.5% projected ownership. I've talked about how much I love these games, um, the, the game against the Falcons. Um, that's just a game that you kind of want to target. 15.2% boom probability. Yeah, 21.3 optimal lineup probability is just so high. Um, he's too cheap for that matchup. He's a good run back in my Matt Ryan stacks. Um I wonder if I could stack him with Trevor Lawrence. Maybe he's another option that I could just stack mm. with Trevor Lawrence. I hadn't thought about that, but he, he he catches enough balls that it's kind of interesting to me that I could just stack the two of them, hope for the best. What do you think? I don't know. That's a tough one for me because James Robinson, you know, it, he hasn't seen over six targets in a game this entire season. Going back to last year when he was the lead back there, obviously you had uh, Minshew there as the primary starter there. Never got over seven targets there in a game, but you basically need one for it to kind of work out. And that's basically saying, I expect this game to shoot out way above expectation here. You know, uh, as bad as Atlanta's defense has been, you're still looking at a sub 22 total here for Jacksonville. And can they provide enough touchdowns to, to really kind of get there? I would probably side on the side of, I wouldn't go that direction, but you know, it is a 10 game slate. You want to find unique combinations. And if that ends up 38, 21, 38, 28, you know, I think you can find some builds where maybe they both sneak into it, but I, I would have to, I'd be surprised if they both snuck into kind of an optimal. And so I think if you're playing a shorter, like if you're playing something sub 5,000 or sub 10,000 entries, I think there's some viability to playing them together. But once you get up to like 300,000 or 200,000, like the Millie maker, I think it's a little bit more difficult for me to talk myself into it simply because I think people will probably do that duo by accident anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, somebody, I didn't realize that he hasn't gotten more than six targets this year. I, I did not look at his game log, mm-hmm. just kind of had that idea just now. So I, I thought that he was targeted a little bit more than that, um, but that is good to know. Maybe maybe I won't do that pairing without another pass catcher. Neil, um, this is why we're friends, so we can right. we can have this. We're also Bounce doing a show, off talking through ideas. I think that that's my favorite thing about watching this show with you and Greg. You know, obviously I was on vacation here for the last week and a half where, you know, had to get married, had to honeymoon, had to do all those terrible things that, you know, whatever. Um, But I I definitely think that watching the shows that you guys do together, you're really talking through ideas, talking through ways to get different, talking through things that aren't just clear cut. And then if there's a player that's popular, figuring out where to hit eject, you know, that's the tough part for me about Christian McCaffrey is we just have such years and years of sample size of him putting up 30 plus is kind of a, a floor in a number of spots. And there's nobody else who really provides that combination of rushing and catching. It just doesn't exist anywhere else at the running back position throughout the NFL for years. So, um, you know, as much as he doesn't pop in the tools, I think I'm with you where that's something that I still have to force myself to get to. So it's a little bit of an inherent bias, but we acknowledge that it exists and we can talk through the tools and talk through all the amazing things that exist here at awesome.com that make our lives easier so that we can give you good analysis and talk you through some of our favorite ways to go. I mean, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be a guy that many people are clicking on. And I'm just talking through the fact that I think if you have both those running backs out, you have to expect Mac Jones to kind of pick up the slack. And those are the kind of things that I think are really beneficial to get from these shows rather than just simply, Hey, play the guys who are at the top of the roster ship. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's what the value that these shows add is a little bit of context to what the boom bust tool is saying mm-hmm. a little bit of, a little bit of narrative to see where you might consider getting away a little bit. Cause for the most part, I mean, we all use the tools pretty extensively. For the most part, we're following mm-hmm. what the tools say, but in some places we like to get away. And yeah, Chris McCaffrey, 
thinking back to it, I think that's part of the reason I'm afraid to be too far in the field is because of what Greg said last week, that he really liked him, even though the tools didn't love him last week, um, just because his projections had him a little bit higher and, you know, he's got the high floor, the high ceiling. So I think that it's kind of in the back of my brain, the reason that I'm a little bit afraid to get away from Christian McCaffrey, because I know that Greg is a sharp guy. And uh, if he likes him better than these tools, then, you know, you kind of want to come somewhere between what, what Greg likes and what the tools like. Well, somebody that I like and the tools like this week, it's weird because all personal biases aside, Corderell Patterson, 14.6% optimal percentage, sub 10%. In the event that he plays in this game, I expect him to be a full go and I expect to have an uncomfortable amount of him going up against Jacksonville. What do you think about him in this spot? Aaron Jones, 6K as well. Number of guys in the 6K range that we need to be looking at is, is Corderell Patterson somebody that you're considering as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've told you how much I love that game. If Corderell Patterson plays, so he's questionable right now. That's the that's the only bummer there. But if he plays, you have to love him. I do wonder if his his ownership is going to come up in the event that he is ruled in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know to what extent that is factored into this. He's projected currently for 9.4% ownership, 11.5% boom probability, 14.6% optimal lineup probability. At those numbers, of course, I would love to play him. I mean, I'm going to be, if he's active, I'm going to be playing him probably no matter uh, what his ownership is. Unless he's 100% owned, uh, I'm going to want some Corderell Patterson against the Jaguars because I like that game so much. I'm going to want to be pairing him with Matt Ryan. Um, he's a situation where you can just do the quarterback with a running back. That can be a stack that you use instead of forcing in a quarterback and why receiver in fantasy cruncher you definitely want to have the option of having uh matt ryan to quarter patterson being your stack there um, but yeah if quarter patterson is playing i'm gonna love him what i'm a little bit more iffy on is if quarter patterson is out do we have to think about mike no. davis at- stop talking <laughs> stop right. so you're, you're in line with i posted this on twitter stop yesterday it. and uh do you know who the check is on twitter guy who posts all the trash gifts. If you're not familiar, Ooh. you should give him a follow the check. He just uh, usually when games have started, he will uh, post trash gifts about players to let us know who is doing poorly, oftentimes prematurely. Um, in this case, this is one of the few instances where he was willing to go out on a limb and say before the game has even started that Mike Davis is a trash play. So that's pretty strong. But man, 4,900 against the Jaguars. If Cordero Patterson is out, I'm going to have to look at the tools, but I might have just a little bit of interest there. No, sorry. I don't want to do it either. I've made the mistake so many times this year. I keep going back to Mike Davis. Like he's got to be the number one now. And then they bring in Quadri Allison, but now Quadri Allison yep. is out. So yeah, I don't know. I don't oh know. God. Yeah. No, just, just stop. Just stop it. If, if he goes off this week, I'm done because I have been so largely over the field, this guy on so many weeks. And you know, cause anytime you can play like 25% plus of a guy who's going to get you five, you just got to do it. Um, that's, that seems to be the way to look at it. Let me just say this. I think that this is probably an important thing to say also, because this is Saturday, it's 940 AM out here on the West coast. So that makes it what 1140 there in Minnesota, 1240 for the regular people there on the East coast that are tuning into this. We've got a lot of time between now and lock of tomorrow. I mean, it's just over 20 hours, but I got to tell you, there's a lot of news that's going to change my running back exposure. You have Patterson. If he ends up out, obviously, I, I don't think that there's a lot of value to extract. I think it just makes that game look worse. Saquon Barkley's got the Q tag. Harris has the Q tag. If you get Ramondre Stevenson or him out, you know, it becomes Bolden or, or whichever one of them. If one ends up ruled out and one ruled in, I'm going to like the other guy there. Aaron Jones, if he's out, AJ Dillon's there. Uh, Daryl Henderson's there at 5,800. No matter what, I'm probably going to like him. Eli Mitchell, you know, somebody that's listed as questionable as well. 
there are more Q tags this week at the running back position that are going to change what I like. So just have your radar up. Make sure you're checking out the live before lock stuff. I know I'll be on that with the Matt and Matt combination, the lawyer of Savoka and Gajewski, um, that, that law firm that we like so much. So just be on high alert because right now, I don't even know really what to tell you about the mid range of running back because it could change drastically in the next 20 hours. How about you? Yeah, I agree with that. We, we really need to be paying attention tomorrow to how things change because all of this, I mean, not just players boom bust probably, but also the ownership projections are going to change drastically based on the news that comes out. So it is a little bit hard to talk about, but you know, we're, we have to do it. So let's mm-hmm. talk about him anyway. Um, <laughs> Sa- Saquon Screw Barkley. It. You mentioned him. You mentioned Saquon Love Barkley. Him. He's got that questionable tag, but mm-hmm. and he doesn't look great in our tools. 10.9% projected ownership, 8% boom probability, 5.7% optimal lineup probability. But it's so hard for me to not want to play Saquon if he's healthy against the Eagles at 6,300. Mm-hmm. That's just a, such a solid spot, such a great price tag for Saquon Barkley. I'm going to have some interest and and they have a new coach. So that's, it's a situation where they might utilize him a little bit differently, a little bit more uh, with the new coach. So I kind of like targeting those spots where we don't really know what's going to happen, how things are going to change. He's cheap enough that it's going to be hard for me to not want to play at least close to even with the field, maybe even a little bit over the 10.9% projected ownership, despite not looking that great in the boom bust tool. If he is ruled out, I don't really know what I'm going to do with Devontae Booker. Maybe I'll give him a look. I'll, I'll see I'll see how Devontae Booker looks in the tools if Saquon Barkley is ruled out. Currently, I don't have a plan for him. I you see you laughing. Keith, no, Keith Vape said in the chat, he said, oh, God, Eric is now saying, how about you? Because I know that that's kind of the thing you say at the end of your sentences. Because, again, <laughs> you don't want me to feel left out, even though you are the Millie Maker winner. You know, between the two of us, you know, you don't want me to feel left out in the cold. Like what I say doesn't matter. So, again, it's simply Neil's way of like basically being nice to me. So uh, I'm going to let it go. Keep vape. And I say it back to him because I actually give a shit. So um, there's there's no way around it. What Let's in the world clear. is going on with I Kyler give a shit over too. There? I want to I want to hear what Eric has to say as well. Uh, just because I want a millimaker. I mean, millimaker, you win a millimaker by getting lucky. So um, yeah. let's not let's not go overboard with the. Uh, factoring in what I'm saying instead of what Eric's saying. Eric is a very sharp player as well. Um, but keep going, but stop it. Okay. But keep going. <laughs> All right, let's finish this thing out. we got sub 5K running backs. We've got two guys to talk about. Donta Foreman and Hilliard. Uh, you know, you've got just kind of an uncomfortable situation with this Tennessee team. I really don't know what I want to do with them, but obviously Mac Jones, if there's no Stevenson, we, we've kind of beaten that point to death here. But Hilliard is going to be a big talking point. I think that ownership is going to continue to rise coming up there. The guy saw 10 targets, eight catches on a site like on a site like DraftKings, where you're expecting them to be trailing against New England here. Hilliard just, just popping off the page. You've got Ty Johnson down there as well. Sub 5K, who is kind of catching your eye to round it out? Yeah, so all those guys are catching my eye. Uh, Deontay Foreman even looks okay. If he's projected for a 0.6% ownership, but a 2.4% boom probability, 3.6% off lineup probability, both Foreman and Hilliard look kind of interesting in the tools. Hilliard, 2.7% projected ownership, but a 9% boom probability. That looks phenomenal. I'm sort of... It looks a little bit off. So 9% boom probability, but a 0.4% optimal lineup probability. I'm going to want to see how those numbers change closer to lock. But um, yeah, I have, I have some interest there for sure. Um, we mentioned, uh, you mentioned Ty Johnson. He looks pretty solid in the tools, pretty neutral. Um, but in that matchup against the Texans, the Texans have a better pasty than Rushdie. Their, their Rushdie has been pretty bad. So I like playing some 
uh, Ty Johnson, 9.4% projected ownership, 8.4% boom probability, 9.4% optimal lineup probability. He looks better than his counterpart, Tevin Coleman, uh, 3.8% projected mm-hmm. ownership, 1.4% boom probability, 2% optimal lineup probability. You know, they all have some interest. I might even play a little bit of Coleman, but I have more interest there in Ty Johnson for sure. Um, then the Texans running backs, even against the Jets. I'm surprised to see how bad they look in the tools. I thought against the Jets defense, this might be the one spot that the Texans running backs actually look pretty good, but they don't look that great. David Johnson, 6.8% projected ownership, 2.6% boom probability, 3.5% optimal lineup probability. That's not that great. Uh, Rex Burkhead doesn't look great either. 2.5% projected ownership, 0.5% boom probability. 1.7% optimal lineup probability. So these aren't plays that I'm getting to because of the tools, but I can't help it. I have some interest there. They're just so cheap uh, against the Jets defense. You can play any any starting running back that's that cheap against the Jets defense. I've mentioned it. This is one of those games, the type of game that I like to target, where it's just like people aren't going to want to play Jets and Texans. That's not an exciting game. People don't want to watch it. They don't want to play the, the players from it. They're not excited about them, but they're in such great spots that uh, I'm just hoping that some chaos ensues and these guys put up some points. I love chaos. Definitely a little bit of that. Some teeth ledger for you here in the morning. Let's move on from the running back position. We've got just over 15 minutes here left. Let's talk no house advantage here super quick so we can get ourselves to some wide receiver. We love no house advantage here. They are the presenting sponsor of the tournament strategy show here today. 100% peer-to-peer contests. They have player props that are available everywhere. Over 500 of them available on any given week. Right now, use promo code AWESOMO to get $25 deposit bonus for them. We have free projections on the site to help you out, to facilitate you building lineups. There's no reason you shouldn't be over there playing. It's how you build and sustain a bankroll playing on some of these other sites. And No House Advantage is at the very top. There's been some overlay in some of these Sundays. And Monday, they do the showdown stuff as well. But you're basically playing player props and you're ranking them based on your confidence 10 through one 10 being the most confident you get 10 points if that prop ends up winning one for the one that you're the least confident in out of those 10 you add up all the points uh, you add them together and what do you got bibbity bobbity boo is what you have and so joe burrow somebody interceptions prop matt ryan interceptions prop i love targeting interceptions over ed no house advantage one of the easiest ways you can build a positive ev lineup because those lines you know, more than often, you know, you're looking at other sports books, minus 150, minus 180, two, minus 200 over at other sports books. And you're able to use that information and kind of just facilitate them. So I'm going to say my favorite one, Matt Ryan, as much as we definitely like him, as much as he's popping the boom bust tool, I like the over on 0.5 interceptions for him. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Is there a pro- player prop that you really like for this week as well, Neil? Yeah, so it's funny that you went to Matt Ryan because I was also going to Matt Ryan. Um, I like the over 1.5 passing touchdowns. Uh, we've got it at a 59% win rate, 13 points, 13% expected ROI. He's just a player that I'm targeting elsewhere, so I have some interest in him at on no host advantage based on the odd shopper tool. Love that. And you're only going to be able to play one of his props. So, I mean, you can play either one of those. I think they're both positive EV you know, maybe play two lineups and use one for one lineup, use one for the other one, but definitely going to be a team that's going to throw the ball around a lot. They can't run the ball to save their lives, especially if you can know Patterson out there. Best of luck to you, Mike Davis. Godspeed. I hate you. Um, but yeah, that's no house advantage. We absolutely love playing over there. Use promo code awesome. We'll get that $25. Check them out, please. And thank you. 
All righty, let's get to the wide receiver position because this is really, 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 really fascinating here on the top end. Chris Godwin, 17.2%. Brandon Cook, 17.2% in our last run as well. Keenan Allen, somebody that obviously has a low A dot, but somebody that is starting to just ascend more and more every single week. He'll be a popular pairing with Justin Herbert here as well. Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, three studs to pay up for. Talk to me about some of the more popular wide receiver plays and where you're looking at going the most. Yeah, so I really like Cooper Cup. Um, his He's got positive leverage in the boom bust tool, only projected for a 14.7% ownership, but a 15.5% boom probability, 16% optimal lineup probability. We already touched on how good the stack looks in the top stacks tool. You can just play Matt Stafford with Cooper Cup. Um, and then you can also throw in, if you want to do a double stack, uh, Van Jefferson looks good in the tools, 3.4% projected ownership, 4.1% boom probability. I'm getting away from kind of the, the, uh, the top end receivers here, but I kind of like to go team by team once I start talking about somebody a little bit, uh, 5% optimal lineup probability. So Van Jefferson is positive leverage in the tools, but I kind of have some interest in OBJ as well. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I hate this guy too. I hate OBJ and he's somebody that I'm going to have a lot of this week and I already hate myself. I already despise every fiber of my being. So we're, we're both kind of going against the tools in this case with, with mm-hmm. OBJ. He doesn't look great currently, and this could change close to a lot, but currently OBJ only projected for 1.2% ownership, 0.1% boom probability, though, and a 0.1% optimal lineup probability. I assume that's going to change closer to when the games start. Um, I think at this point, he's had he's had two weeks since the last game to kind of acclimate himself to that offense, and that was necessary. I mentioned uh, on a show, a Monday Monday Night Football show, I think, that he you know is a, a very different offense that he was going into. They use a lot of pre-snap motion, the Rams do, um, and the Browns do not. So it was a very different situation for him. So I think in their last game, he was not really acclimated to the offense yet. Now he's had an additional two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham Jr. can do together. So I definitely have some interest in OBJ at 5,000, um, despite currently not looking that great in the tools. Um, I have interest there. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that you do as well. I hate this guy. And I, I know that I've gone back and forth with Matt Kajewski more than my fair share uh, on the Wednesday strategy show that we do together uh, with, with, um, with Lafay. I'm telling you right now, like I, it doesn't feel great, but I, I think the bye week is a gigantic thing. So even, even if it were like a Thursday, like a 10 game long week, I wouldn't care nearly as much. OBJ, has to be understanding that if he wants to do something, now is the opportunity for him to not just get his next contract, not just set himself up, but like he's in the best situation you could possibly be with Robert Woods out of there now. He needs to be plugged in, played instantly for this offense. I think they're going to prioritize him. I mean, he was the first target, first pass of that entire game. They wanted to obviously get some good juju going his way. Didn't know the offense well enough. Only played 15 of the 55 total offensive snaps for the Rams in that game. But coming off a bye week, People like to play people that they just saw. It just tends to be the situation. It's a recency bias thing as well. So if he's going to go completely overlooked, 5K, I like that his tag isn't like 4K, which is what he probably deserves at this point. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely going towards Odell Beckham this week as well. And I can't believe I just said that out loud. Yes, I feel the same way as you. God, is it awful. Um, let's talk San Francisco. Debo Samuel. I think he's just incredible as a, as a player. I think I've missed the boat on some of his upside now that he's 7,900, whereas he was, you know, 5,900 week one. So that thing has just ascended 
Brandon Ayuk is a guy that's now starting to get a little bit more involved offensively. I said that I have an uncomfortable uh, liking for Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I'm just going to hate all my lineups going into Sunday. That's just going to be the way that it is. And maybe that'll kind of change. And Brandon Ayuk isn't a guy that's popping in our tools, but now I'm noticing eight targets, seven targets in two of his last three. The guy just makes plays as well. His time at Arizona state coming into the NFL, you know, has definitely underperformed relative to expectations, but I think playing some Brandon Ayuk is something I'm interested in doing this week as well. What's your interest in the San Francisco runbacks possibly alongside some Minnesota? Yeah, so Debo Samuel looks phenomenal in the tools, and I like to play him, I mean, even independent of that. He's 15.2% projected ownership, 17.2% room probability, 16.7% optimal lineup probability. Those are all uh, positive relative to his projected ownership. 7,900 is just not too expensive for Debo Samuel. Um, He's just such a talented receiver. It's supposed to be the second highest scoring game on the slate. San Francisco is expected to win, so... All of this makes me think that Debo Samuel has a really good shot at putting up pretty pretty substantial fantasy numbers this week. And then Brandon Ayuk, yeah, like you said, doesn't look right in the tools, but 5.7% projected ownership is not that high for a player in a game with this high of a total who has been targeted a lot more lately. So yeah, I have some interest in Brandon Ayuk as well at 5,300. Um, I think Debo is my main focus. I'm going to have more Debo for sure, but I think that Brandon Ayuk is definitely a fine play as well now that he's getting involved and he's shown some talent, uh, even though he struggled a lot early on this year. He was great last year and he's you know been picking it up a lot lately. So wouldn't surprise me if they keep going to him more and more. Is Jalen Waddle seriously going to be under 10% this week on DK? 5,900. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's I, the ownership projections that we, that Osma has on the site are better than I can do. So, oh, maybe. No, there's no doubt about it. But it, for me, it's just simply there's nobody else there to catch footballs. And Carolina has been historically pretty good against the tight end position here this season through 10 weeks. I think he's going to be one of the higher own wide receivers that I'm getting to here as well. Um, you know, Jalen Waddle in the tools right now, 11.7% optimal rate, 8.1% ownership. So there's some massive leverage to be had at the wide receiver position going to him. I believe he's the fifth uh, most leveraged wide receiver to get to next to, oh God, Russell Gage. I don't even want to look at that anymore. But Jalen Waddle, how do you feel about him sub 6K? And then there's just a plethora of these 5K guys. Michael Pittman, T Higgins, Mike Williams is down to 5,700. Jerry Judy, can we just roster a zillion 5K wide receivers this week, please? And thank you. Yes, I think we can. Um, yeah, Jalen Waddle is, is definitely interesting. He gets so many targets. Um, his, I think his floor is pretty high just because of the number of targets that he gets. He's going to have a ton of receptions. It's just a matter of can he actually get some yards out of those receptions? Can he score a touchdown, break off some big plays? I think that he can. Our tools like him. So, yeah, I'm going to be over the field on Jalen Waddle at 5,900. At least I expect to be over the field on Jalen Waddle at 5,900. I have a ton of interest there. Um, Mike Williams, I don't know if you mentioned him, but yeah, he looks great in the boom bust tool. Yeah. Yeah. So I I definitely have interest in in Mike Williams against the Broncos. 7.5% projected ownership is pretty low with a 10.8% boom probability, 11.9% optimal lineup probability. Uh, That's pretty one of the more positively leveraged receivers um, at our disposal this week. So I have a lot of interest there. Uh, DJ Moore, I have some interest in. If I'm playing Cam Newton, I'm probably going to want to pair him with DJ Moore against the Dolphins. 10.2% 10.2% projected ownership, 11.3% boom probability, 13.4% optimal lineup probability. I'm realizing we're short on time, so I'm just going oh, no, to. Oh, no, 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 no. I was going to just ask Tyler, how much do you love us? Tyler, you can go. Yeah, yeah. We, you're going to need the whole group. Well, I'm not effing leaving. All right, then. 
Yeah, there you go. Um, There's the answer. So take your time. We've got 10 actually, minutes. There's nobody oh, coming on afterwards. Okay. And Tyler is so enthusiastic to be hanging Man, out with us. Thank you, Tyler. There he is. <laughs> Let's go. We uh, missed five I, <laughs> minutes on the front end, though. We started at what? 905 out here. So I don't feel so bad about it. We're going 10 over. We're going 10 yeah. over. Let's good, go. Good. All take right. your time. Brandon Cooks, we've talked about him a little bit. I've talked about mm-hmm. how much I love that game, Texans versus Jets. Um, he has a slightly positive leverage score, 17.2% ownership. I'm kind of surprised that he has a positive leverage score with a 17.2% ownership, but 17.3% boom probability, 19.6% optimal lineup probability. He's just the best receiver there by far, so he's a great play. Um, both of the Colts receivers, or, or two of the Colts receivers, I should say. They, I guess they have more than that. But I have a lot of interest in both Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton. Michael Pittman has an 11.8% projected ownership, but 14.2% boom probability, 17.3% optimal lineup probability. That's pretty massive for Michael Pittman against the Bucs, who are a bit of a pass funnel defense, although they're they're pretty decent against the pass as well now. I think that's they've been doing better and better throughout the year. Um, T.Y. Hilton, 2.8%. Can I, can I say one thing about yeah. that before you move on? Yep, yep. I think the biggest mistake you can make this week is pairing Jonathan Taylor with Tom Brady and that offense in game stacks. I I just strongly, strongly believe it because if Jonathan Taylor at 9,100 is going to hit a ceiling against this Tampa Bay team, I find no way around it. It's got to be Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton with the bring back for Tampa Bay, not Jonathan Taylor. I know people are going to do that too because Jonathan Taylor just scored five touchdowns and people aren't nearly as averse to stacking up running backs, but it is not positively correlated to do such things. Like it's, it's really something that I like to do more is like the secondary stack where I'm looking at a running back, maybe with a wide receiver where I don't need the entire game to go completely nuts. I'm looking for a big play out of my running back and then a big play or, you know, volume out of my wide receiver. But Jonathan Taylor is just so expensive. It's hard to get him in with Tom Brady and Godwin and whomever else anyway, but people are going to force it in. It's going to happen. Don't do it. Go T.Y. Hilton. Go Michael Pittman. That's my soapbox. Continue with T.Y. Hilton. Right. So, so yeah, 2.8% projected ownership, 4.8% boom probability, 6.1% optimal on our probability. T.Y. Hilton looks great at 4,000. Um, and I will just echo what Eric has said. Uh, I believe Alex Alex said the same thing yesterday on, on the contrary, that he's a lot oh, more interested he? in well, we go as a bring back uh, than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he was. You should go back and watch it because I think that he uh, he agreed with you. on. I was day. watching so, it for a second. I was going back and forth. I was writing an article at the same time that it was on. And so I kind of was listening to bits and pieces, but I'm glad that he said that because that reaffirms the fact that I am smarter than I thought I am or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. for sure. Very, Tyler very shook his so. head. All right. Whatever. Um, Wide receiver. Last guy that I want to throw out here from sure. this bottom sub 5K. And then we'll talk whatever else you want to talk about. Wide receiver. Corey Davis, 4,800. Jets, Houston. We both talked about liking Houston. It's disturbing. Corey Davis. He has been the guy that Zach Wilson has leaned on the most. It has been not pretty. It's been some up and down weeks here. In recent weeks for Corey Davis, obviously he missed, what, three weeks there in a row, eight through nine. Uh, yeah, missed two weeks there, missed three weeks total in the entire season. It's not been good for the Jets, but if there's going to be a spot to roster some Corey Davis alongside some Tyrod Taylor, I mean, is he somebody I can talk you into, or is Elijah Moore going to continue to just get better and better in this offense? Yeah, so of the three of them, Corey Davis looks the best by far in the tools. Um, Elijah Moore, 5,600. 5.4% projected ownership, 2.4% boom probability, 2.3% optimal lineup probability. That's not great. I'm still going to, I'm probably going to be about even with the field at 5%. I think, I think Elijah Moore has come on a little bit 
lately. So I have some interest there, but yeah, Corey Davis is the one that I have the most interest in of the three 10.1% projected ownership, 10.1% boom probability, and then a 12.8% optimal lineup probability. He's just too talented at 4,800 um, to be that low owned. So I'm going to, I'm going to be over the field. I, I think on Corey Davis um, and then Jamison Crowder looks fine in the tools as well. I'll probably ha- be, you know, around the field at 7.2% projected ownership on Jamison Crowder. Anything else for you from the wide receiver position that you just have, you have like a burning desire to throw out there. Oh, not really. Russell Gage, you mentioned you hate him, but he looks okay in the tools. Uh, I'm probably going to have to play some Russell Gage. Uh, I have some interest in basically all the receivers in the Steelers versus Bengals game. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to play a little bit of all of them. Although James Washington doesn't look good in the tool, so you might want to avoid, but uh, the Bengals have a little bit of a pass funnel defense. Um, they're, they're better against the run than the pass, so I have some interest in all of them. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And I like Deontay Johnson, but that's not going to surprise anybody as well. I'm a kind of a mark for that dude. So throwing him out as well against that Cincinnati defense, let's move it over to tight end and we'll throw defense out there at the very end. And we'll get ourselves out of here. Thank you to producer Tyler staying a little bit extra uh, burning the midnight oil or the afternoon oil in Texas. There's something like that. He's leaving the room. He doesn't want to talk to me anymore. All right. On the top end here, I'm just going to go from the most expensive and work our way down. We've got George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, Mike Jusecki, Jalis Goddard. Kyle Pitts and Goddard really kind of absorbing most of the ownership up there. George Kittle in a great game environment compared to the rest of the slate, that 49 total game to finish everything off. Where are you kind of looking at the top end of tight end? Yeah, so I like the first three there the most. George Kittle looks great in the tools. 9.5% projected ownership, 13% boom, 10.6% optimal. We've mentioned how much we like Jimmy Garoppolo this week against the Vikings. So I have some interest there. Kyle puts. Pitts looks phenomenal in the tools. Um, and I've already said, we, we, we both really like that game um, at 6,100 with a 10.3% projected ownership, 18.1% boom probability, 17.1% optimal lineup probability. The Jaguars are just a defense that you can do whatever you want against. And he's probably their best player, especially if Cordero Patterson's out. I think Kyle Pitts is uh, the best offensive weapon for the Falcons. So I like him. Um, Jasicki is more of a, an ownership play. He's only coming in at 3.3% ownership with an 8.9% boom probability and a 7.3% optimal lineup probability. I'll definitely be over the field there. If he's coming in at 3.3% ownership. Um, I have a lot of interest in all those three Dallas Goddard is fine. He's a little bit negatively leveraged in the tools. Um, but not, not too terribly. He's still got an 8.7% optimal lineup probability, um, relative to his 11.6% projected ownership. So I think he's a fine play at 4,800, um, just got that big contract. He's playing against the giants there. They should put up some points. Um, yeah. So, so at the top, those are who I'm thinking. Um, we probably don't have time to go through all of, all of my tight ends, but I have some interest in Tyler Higby, Dan Arnold, I already mentioned, could be a stacking option with uh, Trevor Lawrence at 4,000. He looks pretty solid in the tools. And then Evan Ingram with all That's of my the favorite. receiving options out. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he looks pretty solid at 4.3% projected ownership um, with all of, if all of those receivers out, he could be the number one target at 3,800 for the Giants against the Eagles. So 10.6% boom probability. Do you have, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I wanted to just add that he's my favorite tight end for tournaments, and this is the tournament strategy show, so I should probably throw out Evan Ingram. I think Gronkowski is going to end up higher than 10% owned. I've seen him written up everywhere. He's talked about everywhere. 4400 low price tag for him, so it makes a lot of sense that he should be popular, but 
I'm going to be trying to get away from that a little bit more. I think Kyle Pitts has the most upside at the position. We've seen some massive 25 plus point games, but you know, it seems like paying down for tight end has consistently worked here, but Evan Ingram new situation, embrace the unknown of it sub 5%. I don't know how I get away from that with all of these other cats out with Tony and Shepard gone, you know, Galladay has been uninvolved. Maybe he gets more involved as well. And that can cut into him a little bit, but Let's try to make Daniel Jones a thing. Maybe we can get some resurgent Daniel Jones here because the guy had some crazy upside his rookie season. It's been hit and miss here last two years, but uh, I'm going to be trying to make him and Evan Ingram a little bit of a thing. So throwing that in there, we got a super chat from D, uh, D. Owens, 89, talk through the 2600 tight end. We can kind of touch on that here quickly because there's a number of those guys down there that were all right. I mean, Mo Ali Cox isn't necessarily going to be a thing. Jeff Swaim. Uh, I think 2,600, he would be my favorite of them. We've talked about Tennessee having nobody. I mean, nobody there. I don't know. They're going to have like three, four wide receivers that they're rotating in. I don't think any of them really pop in the tools. Maybe you can mix and match a couple of them in tournaments, but I kind of like getting to him at 2,600 the most. Is there somebody that catches your eye at 2,600? Yeah, so, so none of the 2,600 tight ends were on my sheet of people that I want to talk about. They all are slightly negatively leveraged. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, yeah, he could, he could always score a touchdown. He's a big target, so he's a fine play. Um, Josiah DeGuara. Um, well done. I, I don't even have his full name on my sheet, so I'm trying to remember <laughs> what it is. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, I predict for 2% ownership. Um <laughs> That's fine. I don't love I don't love any of those guys, I guess is what it comes down to. I have a little bit more interest in Anthony Ferkser at twenty seven hundred. Um, he's he's projected for one percent ownership with a three point five percent boom probability, two point six percent optimal lineup probability. So I have a little bit more interest there getting up to Anthony Ferkser. Um, and then Jared Cook, I have a lot more interest in if you're if you're going cheap a tight end, six point eight percent projected ownership, ten point eight percent boom probability, ten point six percent optimal lineup probability for Jared Cook. So um, I, I'm I'd be hesitant to go too far. Down. Oh, and then Pharaoh Brown also looks good yeah. for the Texans. 5% projected ownership, 7.9% boom, 8.9% optimal, also has positive leverage. So I like guys just a little bit above 2,600, but um, yeah, if, you, if you're if you forcing me to play one 2,600 tight end, I guess it would probably be Moelle Cox. All righty. Hey, we've still got 367 people watching some NFL content here. We're going overtime. We are literally going over the time. So enjoy that. This is a little free extra coverage here. So hit that like button for us. Just show your appreciation for Neil here. Uh, I know he wants to get out of here. Enjoy the nice Minnesota sunshine. Is it nice there today? It's sunny at least. It is sunny. Um, I have not been outside yet. I think it's 20 something degrees. Not, not too great. So yeah, I'll just say (laughs) Los Angeles is so great. I'm just telling you throwing it out there. Uh, you can afford to live such places too. So you should probably do that, but here we go. Let's round this puppy out. I love this week in terms of, uh, tournaments. I do not love how concentrated defense can be here at times. Cause Texans really pop off the page. They have an 18.2% optimal percentage up against their 11.7% ownership. Basically there's positive leverage to rostering a 2300 defense, which just Never happens. They're going up against the Jets and Zach Wilson, who just turns the ball over ad nauseum. So maybe there's some some stuff that makes sense there. But let's just start at the very bottom there. The Texas defense, how much interest do you have there? Yeah, I mean, like you said, they've got positive leverage somehow at 11.7% projected ownership. Usually that is too chalky for a defense. You want to get away. But in this case, 20% boom probability, 18.2% optimal lineup probability um, that they look really good. So, and, and I imagine they're your cash game defense. This isn't a cash show, so we don't need to get into it. But um, yeah, <laughs> they, they look great. They 
they're one of the top defenses. Um, the only two defenses that I really wanted to talk about were the Texans, who look great in the tools, and then the other one. Do you want to guess what the other one is? Uh, Jaguars. Steelers. Is the oh, one. damn it. I tried. Jaguars is interesting, but yeah, Steelers just against the Bengals. They have an atrocious offensive line. Steelers have 7, 7% projected ownership with an 11.4% boom probability, 9.3% optimal lineup probability. I have some interest there. Um, kind of pending their health, maybe. I guess I guess if all of their, I don't know, I haven't checked what the status is of some of their defensive players. Seemed like all of their best defensive players were out last week. Um, I'll have to see if some of them are coming back this week, but if they are, I'll have some interest against the Bengals. Yeah, I, I think that they make some sense. I like the Jaguars for 100 less just as a tournament pivot. And, you know, if you need that $100 to go get you a Christian McCaffrey or a Jonathan Taylor um, or go upgrade one of the two and get different in a direction, go right ahead, have fun. But defense is always pretty flat. It looks pretty flat everywhere outside of the Texans Steelers. And then, yeah, looking at ja- the Jaguars, they're 2200. That's why I'm throwing them out. Otherwise, play the defense that fits in your lineup. That kind of seems to be something Adam Share always talks about tends to work out more than it doesn't guys had an unbelievable NFL season, but that is the NFL tournament strategy show, man, Neil, we got through it all. My guy, that was not so bad. I mean, it was only 63 minutes here. I mean, we went like two minutes over uh, expectation of an hour. So thank you so much to Tyler Zander for hanging around, but Neil, any final words for the people from Minnesota? Uh, Enjoy this beautiful day. Gotta love these 25 degree days while we have them. Man, that was some like Buddhist monk type wisdom. Just go enjoy the beautiful day, everybody. And you know what? You If you want to stay inside, like I'm probably going to be so I can study more NFL. We have a bunch of shows coming up. We've got an NFL live show coming up with Aton and Emac. Uh, that is at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Then the NBA deeper dive, Aton and Steve leading that one up. The final, uh, finally, the NBA live before lock show. That's Terry and Mr. LaMarca leading you guys up to lock with the extra half hour bonus round. At the end of that, he's Neil Orfield. He's won a million maker. I'm Eric. I've won my home league once or twice. It's good times. We'll see you later.